This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is, giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here. It's a... what is today? Thursday. My God, it's almost yeah. Friday. And we got a full house today. We have Judge Richard Weinberg, Common Sense Democrat, along with Governor David Patterson. And uh, we have only one Common Sense uh, Republican uh, here, Ed Cox. The one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, can you hold up your, your end between I'll, these two guys? I'll do guys? my best, John. I'd say two Common Sense Democrats against a uh, Common Sense Republican like Ed Cox. That's a fair fight. Oh, my God. Don't forget, you, you were a ranger. You weren't a green uh, boy. You were a ranger. Uh, airborne. Airborne. Airborne all wow. the way. Wow. Yeah, and... Uh, when I uh, met him a few years ago, uh, about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, yeah. a long time ago, actually, yeah. uh, you were still running the triathlon. That's true. Still doing it. Really? Whoa. Wow. But you no more riding bikes in the dark by Central no. Park anymore. <laughs> no, I still do that. Sorry about it. Don't oh. learn your lesson. Learn your on, lesson. on my side here, Lily Gotta keep Serrani. it straight. Oh, boy. Uh, and this is a TriCast, AM 970, The Answer, WABC 770, and uh, WLIR out in Hampton Bays. And um, last night, Jerry Crowley had a great uh, uh, boat ride uh, with uh, celebrating uh, W970, uh, uh, AM, The Answer, and uh, WMCA, the old uh, WMCA, and um, uh, Joe Piscopal sang, and it was one great party. That's great. Schmooze cruise. It was no, it was a terrific party, John Schneider's great yeah. party. You yeah, got a beautiful a view of the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty couldn't be more magnificent. It was oh a great party. She'd be crying right now. We got a great show for everyone tonight. We're going to talk about the economy. We're going to talk about drugs at the border. We're also going to talk about crime right here in New York City. And of course, Senator Alphonse Tomato, you don't want to miss that. But first on the line, we have the Honorable Carl Rove. He's a Republican policy advisor. He's also the senior advisor and deputy chief of staff during the George W. Bush administration. Welcome to Cats at Night, uh, Honorable Carl Rove. My God, that, that that's quite a crew you got going. <laughs> Would you buy a used car from any of these guys? <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm sitting here in Texas, and I'm I'm feeling like I need to drop and do 20 push-ups with a guy who does triathlon. Uh, <laughs> all right, drop for I, 10 I had no idea you were that much of an athlete, man. Yeah, he's in good shape. He's in great shape. Carl, I have to ask you a question. Are you going to Martha's Vineyard to, uh, <laughs> to see what's going on? Uh, no, but I'm, I'm I'm on my way to Nantucket tomorrow for a conference where I'm going to debate Valerie Jarrett. But you know, I I am intrigued by how everybody's freaking out about uh, DeSantis sending Governor DeSantis sending uh, what was it about fifty? Fifty, that's correct. Yeah, think about this. Every day, uh, thus far this fiscal year through the end of July, one million nine hundred seventy-four thousand people have been apprehended on the southwest border of the United States. That means every day of roughly 6,300 people 
have been apprehended coming across the border. So uh, think about Texas and primarily Texas, but also New Mexico and Arizona having 6,300 people show up on their doorsteps of their borders every single day. And yet uh, the people on Martha's Vineyard are freaking out when they get 50. That's amazing. 6,300 a day, 262 on average every hour are coming across the border. And by the way, the other day, the vice president of the United States said that the border is secure. There's no problem. And uh, a whole bunch of migrants wound up on her doorstep. Well, she finally, she's the border czar, so she, she finally saw migrants for the first time when they showed up at her front doorstep. That's right. Yeah. And they said, and they acknowledged that they were so, so-called so illegal migrants. They said, yeah, there was no problem getting through the border. Yeah. Well, as they say... They think the border's open, and so, you know, everybody gets across, everybody gets released. We live in a global world. You don't think these people who come across the border uh, let their family back in wherever, Guatemala or Nigeria or, you know, you name it. They let them know that they've gotten across the border and how easy it was. Look, I'm a huge proponent of immigration. We are all a, we are a country of immigrants. But you got to do it legally, and right now our border is being overwhelmed, and there's a reason why South Texas, heavily Hispanic, is turning Republican. Zavala County last voted, right on the Rio Grande River, last voted for Republican president in 1920 when Warren G. Harding was on the ballot. They voted for Hillary Clinton by 20 points. They turned around and voted for Donald Trump by nearly 20 points in 2020, and the reason is because these are the communities that are feeling the, the impact. It's their social services that are getting overrun. It's their hospitals that are giving out uncompensated care. It's their neighborhoods that are suffering petty crime from people who are desperate for water and food and shelter. And it's their, you know, it's their communities where the quality of life is being degraded. And the only people who seem to be standing up for them are the Republicans. So they, will they be voting for us in the midterms, uh, Carl? Well, th- th- take a look at it. I mean, we now have – there are nine state house districts south of San Antonio, Texas, down in the Rio Grande Valley. In 2020, I think we had one Republican candidate for state house representatives. Now we have – not only do we have, uh, I think, all nine, but one of the Democrats switched parties. One of the longtime-serving Democrat House state house members uh, switched parties because he said, my party's left me when it comes to board. And look, everybody on the border – in these heavily Hispanic communities, they've got somebody who's in the border patrol. They know a family member or a friend. Uh, they know somebody in their, you know, in their social circle or family who works for the sheriff's department or the police department or social services. And they know what this is costing their communities, not only financially but also in the quality of life. And they're fed up. They, when they hear Kamala Harris say the border is secure, they're they're wondering what universe. You know, the multiverse is here. She's living in a different one than the rest of us are. So so Biden feels that his ratings are going up, uh, that uh, the generic ballot lines are closing. And uh, what do you think is going to happen in midterms? Well, look, look, this this goes to show some of the media his his in in the real clear politics. As of this morning, it was forty two point four percent approval. That's where Donald Trump's were in October of 2018 when we suffered a loss of 42 seats in the in the midterm elections the president the the, the our current president has gone from like 39% approval to 42% and it only took him like you know 2 months but 
guess what? That ain't good enough. <laughs> if they think they can, you know, I saw where Nancy Pelosi said, we might be able to hold the House. Well, good luck. Since 1818, when we had the emergence of what's called the, the second American party system, where there actually were two political parties, the, the, the White House party has won the midterms, picked up seats in the House of Representatives in the midterms exactly twice, 1934 and 2002. And guess what? This guy ain't you know, George W. Bush in the aftermath of 9-11 or Franklin Roosevelt trying to overcome the Great Depression. He's Joe Biden struggling to put together two sentences and saying things like the other day, oh, 8.3 percent uh, uh, inflation rate year over year. I mean, he dismisses it as one tenth of one percent. I mean, what is what world is he living in? And uh, Carl Rove, your recent article in The Wall Street Journal, Biden's make-believe victory over inflation. How ironic he's out there on the public stage lying about how great his economic policy is while the stock market tanked 1,200, over 1,200 points. I mean, you could, it couldn't, you couldn't have planned it better. Yeah, and, and, and on, the, on the day that the inflation report comes out, he has this big White House celebration of the so-called Re- Inflation Reduction Act and does not mention the inflation report that was released just before uh, he had this big celebration. My, my, my two favorite moments are James Taylor singing Fire and Rain, my favorite songs. But what the heck was that about? And then Nancy Pelosi stands up and says, well, we passed this landmark law, quote, it's driving down costs for kitchen table items for America's working families. Where was well, that? that? That's on the White House lawn. <laughs> She's stand, standing on the White House lawn. And 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 the same, that's the same day that the Bureau of Labor Statistics says the price of meat, poultry, fish, and eggs is up in, was up in August 10.6% over a year before, dairy up 162 and fruit and vegetables up 9.4. So I'm not really certain what kitchen table items she's talking about. Maybe she went by the clearance table at one of those luxury home <laughs> goods stores in Napa Valley and mistakenly thought that's what ordinary Americans are purchasing. She went to the liquor store. So, so we got the Senate race a little bit different than House races. And uh, uh, apparently the Democrats, like some of our candidates, are spending $50 million on uh, on a bunch of them. Yeah, no, no. The, the Democrats, I love this. But the Republicans are extremists and enemies of democracy, but they've spent this year between governor race in Illinois and House and Senate races around the country nearly $60 million in an attempt to nominate the most extreme Republican candidate, so they think they have a better chance of beating them. Now, sometimes they, they succeeded, sometimes they, they, they didn't. But I think it's interesting the, the cynical nature of the Democrats this year saying, oh, these Republicans are extreme, but w- you know what? We're going to spend tens of millions of dollars to try and nominate them. And give us a scoreboard who you think uh, 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 of the states that are critical, uh, who's winning and who's losing. How about well, how's Oz doing? Well, look, I, I, on the defense side, the Republicans have got to defend Pennsylvania, where, Mike Toom, where uh, Pat Toomey is retiring. Uh, and Oz is, is is in a horse race. We got Ohio, uh, Wisconsin with Ron Johnson, Ohio with J.D. Vance, North Carolina, Ted Budd running to, to fill an open Republican seat, and Florida with, with Marco Rubio. These are the tough races on the defense side. Why is Marco, Marco Rubio so tough? I mean, I thought well, uh, I thought that, uh, Texas was uh, – I mean, Florida. I thought uh, Florida was a Republican. Well, it's turning more Republican, but it's a, it's the quintessential battleground state. 
And the best way to get beat in Florida is to take it for granted. Now, the good news is Marco is not taking it for granted. And look, the Democrats put up a good candidate. On, the, on, on paper, she looks good. Val Demings, former uh, police chief of Orange County, the Orlando, Florida, uh, a, a self-proclaimed moderate Democrat. She's not got a moderate voting record. But and she's, she's, a, she's a strong candidate and raising a bunch of money because of her profile and the Democrat advantages in fundraising. But I think Rubio beats her and beats her soundly because, A, the state's becoming more Republican, and, B, Rubio fits the state, and, C, he's running hard. And that's the best way to win is to run hard. And how about the governor's race playing into that, too? Well, and I think that's right. I mean, don't, I mean, Charlie, Chris, I mean, really, I mean, please. Did you see his comment the other day? Here's a guy who says, I'm running as the unity candidate. And the Republicans, he said, do you hear how some people call DeSantis Satan? Satan? And everybody laughs in the room. And he says, and he points to his name on a sign and says, it's DeSatan versus and points to his name, and somebody yells out, Christ, he says, you got it. I mean, this is the guy who's trying to unite the state of Florida and starts off by saying, anybody who's supporting uh, Ron DeSantis, I don't want your vote. So right from the beginning, he's losing in the polls. So he said, uh, okay, to a majority of the people of Florida, don't even bother considering voting for me, but I'm the unity candidate. I mean, come on. We have a governor here in New York told everybody to go to Florida. Well, DeSantis means saint. It means saint. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, uh, a lot of people are leaving places like that and coming to places like Texas and Florida. Uh, and uh, Carl Rove, back to the migration situation. The Democrat-led city of El Paso, Texas, it's been sending its own buses of migrants in New York City. It just proved another $2 million contract for another 16 months to bus even more migrants out of town. They're also requesting federal reimbursement. Do you think this is a good move? I mean, this is a Democrat city. This is El Paso's run by Democrats, and they're sick and tired of the in, the migrants, and they just can't handle it anymore. No, no, look, this is a huge burden. It's a heavily Hispanic town. You know who else is from El Paso? Robert Francis O'Rourke, who said, who said, hell yes, we're tearing down that wall. And, and, and it, this goes to show that that ain't a popular position in his hometown. But look, pe- people of, uh, cr- across the country have got to realize this is a huge burden that is falling upon a, a, a part of the country because the federal government is refusing to stand up and meet its responsibilities. When, when, tell me where in law. It says that the city of El Paso or the state of Texas is responsible for policing the border. That's the responsibility of the federal government. Yet, look, we've got the National Guard along the border. One of my best friends, his son is in the National Guard. He is down there through October, and we, the taxpayers of Texas, are paying for this. Why are we doing it? Because the Border Patrol says they don't have enough resources and they're being overwhelmed. Let me tell you this. This will blow your mind. My young friend is on night patrol. That's a, he's, the, he's the night guys. And at, at, at like 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden, out of the brush on the south side of the Rio Grande River will come two or 300 desperate people who are being herded and pushed across the river by the coyotes who've robbed them of virtually every penny they've got, push them into the United States, hundreds of them at a time in the middle of the night, knowing that we're going to have to scramble the Border Patrol and the National Guard and Texas Department of Public Safety in order to get a hold of these people and process them. In the meantime, three or four or five miles up or down the river, two guys with 
dressed in black with backpacks filled with thousands upon thousands of fentanyl pills make their way quietly across the border knowing that they're not going to be that the pressure is going to be off of them because everybody's scrambling to take care of that crowd and guess what they do when they get those guys across the border successfully they taunt the americans by shooting off automatic weapons on the south side of the river with tracer bullets to sort of say we got past you boys I mean, this is what we're facing as a country, and instead of facing it as a country, we're forcing the responsibility onto our states and our communities and our counties, and that's wrong. Wow. It's an invasion. And the president president of the United States is not fulfilling his obligation to protect and defend this country. He's encouraging it. Well, thank you, Carl. Thank you very much for coming on this show. We're the number one show in the Northeast and uh, well, well aren't 22, of, your your voice. Voice. 22 of your 24 hey, hours you of your shows, John, 22 of your 24? Well, our latest Nielsen report, 22 out of our 24 hours, Monday through Friday, is number one in uh, New York. But thank you, Carl Rove, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. And we're going to let's take the break, and when we come back, we're going to come back with Paul Luntzes to find out the economy. It doesn't know what it want, where it wants to go. Maybe Paul will tell us. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 